I'd like to say good morning to the class. Welcome to all of our visitors and brethren to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and it's not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is the nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The President, Dr. Edward Yule. The Vice President, Dr. Ronald Atkins. And the Superintendent, Dr. Jarrell Lewis. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been properly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been properly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, or the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that have produced the sound that is made by this letter J, excuse me. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the truth and the original name of our Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is the title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in His pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. 
He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. And like matter, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself as a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time that he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our primary constitutional objectives and or aims of the Institute are as follows. Excuse me aims of the school are as follows. To help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, 
the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh, from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace. Our slogan, speak the truth. Once again, I'd like to say good morning to the class and welcome everyone out to today's lecture. At this time, we would like to have a prayer by Dr. Rhonda Walker and scripture lessons, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, read by Dr. Sharon Lewis. Dr. Walker. Can you all hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, perfect. Um, first, I would like to thank Yahweh for allowing us all to learn something about him. Um, it's just a marvelous thing to actually know that our creator have a name and we are allowed to know it and believe that it's true. I pray that he opened our minds and our hearts that we may receive this gospel, open our understanding, and give us a, a revelation. I'm thankful for all that he's done and pray that he smiles on each and every one of us. And with those words, I would like to say hallelujah. Hallelujah, Dr. Lewis. I would like to say good morning to the class. And I will be reading scripture, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. And I will be reading from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name, uh, critically of the, I'm sorry, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by A.B. Trana of the Scripture Research Association. That's 1 Corinthians chapter two. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of Yahweh. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Yahshua the Messiah and him crucified. And I was with you in weaknesses and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Yahweh. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of Yahweh, hidden in a mystery, which Yahweh hath ordained before the ages unto our glory, 
which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the king of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ears have heard, nor neither have entered into the heart of man the things which Yahweh have prepared for them that love him. But Yahweh hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of Yahweh. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of Elohim knoweth no man, but the spirit of Elohim. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of Elohim, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of Yahweh, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches revealing spiritual things to spiritual persons. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of Yahweh, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who have known the mind of Yahweh, that he may teach it, but we who have the mind of the Messiah. I've read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once again, good morning, brethren and visitors and participants. Thank you for coming and joining with us today for this morning's lecture. Our scripture readers for this morning will be Dr. Shirley Nelson and Dr. Felicia Hamilton. <clears throat> Before we call on our first speaker, we'd like to remind the class to please be mindful of their mute button and their camera button and to keep them disabled at all times unless called on to speak. Once again, welcome. And it is an honor and a pleasure to call on for our first speaker, Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Dr. Brazil. I'm sorry. Give me one moment to alter my audio. Sure, no problem. Okay, is that better? Yes. Okay. Um, good morning to the class. And it is always a privilege and honor to have anything to say about our Heavenly Father, Yahweh. And I enjoyed the prayer and that the sentiments that it is, it is awesome that we know the name of Yahweh or even know anything about his divine purpose, pattern, or plan is, is it's miraculous. And it's just, um, we are so grateful to be able to impart anything about what Yahweh has given us to understand. 
And um, this is a school, it's not a church. So we come here to learn something about our Heavenly Father as he really is and actually exists. And that is our first aim or objective. When we had a concept of, of God that we entertained before we came and were called into this teaching to learn about him as he really is and actually exists. And one of those things that we learned after learning the name of Yahweh and the divine title of Elohim and the name Yahshua, which means Yahweh is salvation, Yahweh shared with us that he is and operates by a divine pattern. And can I have the um, pattern chart, if you don't mind? So I have been studying um, with one of the other um, Zoom classes, and we recently went over the pamphlet called The Truth Concerning Jerusalem and the Holy Lands. Now, I hadn't read, the, read this pamphlet in a long time, but um, as we know, in current events right now, the um, Middle East is in a state of turmoil due to the conflict between the Jewish nation of Israel and the Arab nation, um, which contain the Arab, well, it's called the um, United Arab Emirates, and then it's also called the Union of the Arab Republics, which include Jordan, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. And these nations surround the nation of Israel which was made a nation in 1948, May 14th, 1948, set up by the United Nations General Assembly Resolution. And before that time, Yahweh had brought the children of Israel up out of Egypt and promised them, I should say, Yahweh promised it first through Abraham in Canaan land, but told Abraham that his seed would have to go down in the land that they were strangers and they would um, be evil and treated in that land. And Yahweh would bring them back up out of the land to Canaan land to give them that land as an inheritance and a promise. And that seed that Yahweh promised that through was truly Yahshua the Messiah but through Abraham's seed born of his own loins through his wife, Sarah. And that seed was Isaac, who was a figure of the Messiah, the promised son through which all nations would be blessed. That true promised son is Yahweh Elohim. That is Yahshua. And when he 
Yahweh performed exactly as he promised. Yahweh did exactly as he promised. When he brought those children of Israel up out of Egypt, they were uh, camped in the wilderness of Sinai and Yahweh showed Moses this pattern. Thank you very much. That, that works better because I've been talking about both of these. Thank you for moving to that, this particular chart because it has depicted here both the migratory pattern and the pattern of the universe, which correlate to one another. And in reading this pamphlet, I, um, I mean, the, you know, the things that Yahweh has uh, expounded unto us are so phenomenal. And in the pamphlet, it says that Yahweh, when he purposed and orchestrated for the children of Israel to come out of Canaan land into Egypt and back into Canaan land, that he designed this according to the pattern, which I really never thought of that before. And so um, it is on page four. I'm going to read it. I have it in front of me here. And it's the first full paragraph on page four. And it says, Yahweh Elohim had already set up and divided Israel's journey from Egypt to Canaan land into a threefold migratory track according to the divine threefold intangible spirit pattern manifested as the Mosaic tabernacle by having the Red Sea, and she has it right there, the Red Sea divide Egypt, the outer court, from the wilderness of Sinai, the holy place, and the Jordan River to divide the wilderness of Sinai from Canaan land, the most holy place. The city of Jerusalem with Solomon's temple situated there in the migratory trek was symbolic of the place of the throne of Yahweh, Elohim, or the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle pattern. This is where Yahweh Elohim said he would dwell in the cloud above the mercy seat between the wings of the archangels. Needless to say, since man is made in the likeness and image of Yahweh Elohim, his physical body, therefore, must correlate with the pattern of the tabernacle and have an abdominal cavity, outer court, a chest cavity, holy place, and head cavity, most holy place. And it is in the gray and white matter of the brain, which correlates with the cloud in the most holy place or in our minds and heart that Yahweh has placed his name and is the place of his abode. Now, can we go back to that um, chart you had up, the uh, elementary chart with the two plates next to each other? And you can see how that tabernacle pattern with the most holy place correlates to Canaan land. The holy place correlates to the wilderness of Sinai with the tabernacle being constructed and the children of Israel camped around it. And the court roundabout correlates to Egypt. Now that there, that right there is a profound revelation from Yahweh. Because you have nations currently today that are in conflict because they don't understand the purpose of Yahweh, which is what it says here in this. And they're fighting over that physical 
because they have not understood that the physical things and the natural things are only operating as they are to reflect the spiritual things. And when he gave this tabernacle pattern to Moses, he instructed that, see that you make it exactly as I show you. And Paul, looking back at that, confirmed because it is a pattern of heavenly things, not physical things. So the physical migratory track and the physical tabernacle wilderness, a witness that was built in the wilderness, but came from an intangible sanctuary originally, those things are pointing to something spiritual, not physical. And so Canaan land, which is where Jerusalem is situated and where the, the current country of Israel is, that is symbolical as that most holy place was symbolical of the throne of Yahweh, which is heavenly, not physical. You understand that throne of Yahweh where Solomon's temple sat, that was symbolical of spiritual, that spiritual throne of Yahweh. And as you go back to that chart of man and the tabernacle, and I'm not gonna be long. Um, I'm gonna finish this here and then finish this point. Now I have to um, relinquish the floor. So as man has also been fashioned according to this pattern, his most holy place located in his head region being your brain, right? That is symbolic of the most holy place in the tabernacle, also the throne of Yahweh. But you have to understand it's not your physical gray and white matter. Again, this is a type and shadow of that that's spiritual. Yahweh dwelt in the cloud, which was the intermediary state between Yahweh and man, where he would meet with mankind, give him visions and revelation in the cloud, like Moses had to go up in that cloud, you understand, to be elevated in the spirit. So Yahweh made your body to represent that symbolically by giving you a head cavity with a brain, which is all the seat of sensation and wisdom and knowledge and, and everything that's controlling your physical body is happening within that brain because it is symbolical of Yahweh in that pure spirit state and dwelling and that being his throne. And so that is where Yahweh Elohim is revealing himself is within your most holy place or within your heart and your mind. Now the heart and mind that we're talking about is also not physical. Your brain cavity is not your mind. Mind is intangible. The thought processes, the personality, the dispositions, that's all in your mind and that is not that is not, you know, we can put our hand on your head, but we can't put our hands on your mind. It's intangible. It is the, 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 the sensation and the operation of it is occurring in that head cavity throughout your body, but it is more than that. That is operating truly by Yahweh's placing within the man 
what was called the inner man or the astral man. That is your mind, your soul. The heart we're talking about is not your physical beating heart, but that heart that is the sense of that emotion and the sense of that um, personality. That's all intangible. And that's what Yahweh is doing with you. He's working with you spiritually to change your mind from what it used to be carnal and only physically oriented to that that is spiritually oriented. As it said in the scripture lesson, Yahweh is revealing spiritual things to spiritual persons, not carnal minded persons. And if we really truly understood what that means, you understand the transformation that Yahweh has already made within you to be able to receive these things. That's why the, the prayer was so on point and it was so pretty. It is phenomenal to be able to know his name. It is phenomenal to be able to understand these things with regard to the pattern and to see it from a spiritual standpoint because Yahweh's only revealing these spiritual things to spiritual persons. You have been translated. You have been reborn. And that's in this pamphlet too. And I'm going to conclude with this thought. There's so much more to it. But I am not going to be capable of continuing because I don't feel well right now. But I want to go to page six. And it is so beautiful, brother. I just, I really, page six of this pamphlet, at the bottom of the page, it is the paragraph that starts. It is quite evident, therefore, that all who are partakers of the Holy Spirit through a knowledge of the law and prophets as interpreted by the Holy Spirit are already coming. He has that underlined, not going to come. This, uh, this is so beautiful to me. And Yahweh has making us understand this more. And even the, the uh, lecture that's coming up in Florida is about the kingdom. We understand what this kingdom is and that this kingdom is not a far off from us, but you are presently in this kingdom. And you have to read this pamphlet to go through because this is the spiritual kingdom of Jerusalem and, and Israel that they are fighting over physically have not understood that Yahweh has done this spiritually. This kingdom is established. It is populated. It has a King Yahshua, the Messiah, and it is presently operating in the hearts and minds of all those that have received a true knowledge and understanding of Yahweh Elohim by the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can understand it. And I was thinking about this, you know, I'm like, you know, when you say, or when you're thinking about whether or not you had a Holy Spirit, please understand that you can't understand anything about Yahweh without it. Mm. And if you have understood, then please understand what has happened to you. That's this right. is what has happened to you. It is quite evident, therefore, that all who are partakers of the Holy Spirit through a knowledge of the law and the prophets are, as interpreted by the Holy Spirit, are already come. You've already come, not going to come, it says, to heavenly or spiritual Jerusalem, which is heaven itself. Now that is just mind blowing. And it is this conscientious realization of Yahweh and his ever presence that this teaching is bringing us to. That next statement, 
says they have, they, these are the ones who are partakers. They have already arrived, it says. They've already arrived there. <laughs> there, where? Heaven. You've already arrived to heavenly Jerusalem. Both Jew and Gentile who understand the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. And this is in fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah and Micah, which I didn't know Isaiah and Micah said the same thing. The word that Isaiah, the son of Abel, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. This is the truth. And it shall come to pass in the last days. See, that's the days we're in, right? Mm -hmm. not, no, there's no other coming last days. You're in the last days. Those last 2,000 years of Yahweh's purpose in the physical, these are the last days, you understand? That the mountain of Yahweh's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. Not talking about a mountain over there in Jerusalem. They talk about Mount Sinai. And earlier in this pamphlet, it talks about that's what they're fighting over, the physical Mount Sinai. That's not what Yahweh's doing. He's spiritual. So this is a heavenly state. The top of the mountains means the elevation of the heavenly state. And all nations shall flow into it. That's black, white, red, yellow, Jew, Gentile, all of them. Both prophets have prophesied, Isaiah and Micah have prophesied that Jerusalem is to be inhabited by all nations, both Hebrew and Arab. And that's what they have not understood. That's why they are all fighting over that physical. Now we want Jerusalem. Now we want Jerusalem. Now we now that was something that Trump did when he was president. He made them to recognize Jerusalem as the capital. And there was this other, there was an accord, there was a peace accord that was um, done. I can't remember exactly the name. I remember sending out the email to everybody about this peace accord. I can't remember what it was called. Um, the Abrahamic Accord or something like that well, was talking about how the Jew and the Arab were finally going to come to some peace about Jerusalem over there. And we had to go back and look at that again. And just reading this pamphlet made me see the goal, look back at that again. Because these things are, as it says in this pamphlet, the natural things are all happening to represent the spiritual. This is not happening because it's natural. It's not it has nothing that me and my cousin were talking. I, this is the first time I think I ever talked to my cousin for 20 minutes about his guard. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, what? Anyway, we were talking about the spiritual principles of the garden, the proliferation of the beautiful flowers, and then the proliferation of the crazy weeds. <laughs> the weeds, we said the weeds in the garden have become more, they're, they're more aggressive these years. These last years, they're just crazy. <laughs> we say, look at this, look at the situation of mankind without the Holy Spirit. He's just crazy. And he's getting crazier because you don't have that Holy Spirit in you. You have to know and believe, brother, in that because you have been translated. That is the only reason why you can see this. Thank you, the Abraham Accord. Thank you, Dr. Hamilton. And it was something like that. Because it has to correlate with the purpose of Yahweh. This is what his purpose was, was that they, both Jew and Gentile, uh, 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 abide in the heavenly because it represents something spiritual. Again, it's not about the Jew and the Gentile, the physical. It's because Yahweh's taking the angels and the souls of men 
and he has brought them and gathered them together unto him in heavenly Jerusalem. You understand that that is earthly, that's the souls of men, and that that is heavenly, which is what the, if you remember in the purpose of Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim allowed Abraham to have two sons, Ishmael, who was likened unto that that was, you could say he was likened unto the nations, but he's also representative of the ones that never left heaven. They didn't leave Canaan land. That's the angelic realm, you understand? And then the, um, the, the you had Isaac, whose seed went down into Egypt, which is like those souls of men that went down into the earth plane. And Yahweh's bringing, like he brought the children of Israel back up. All those nations up there could not be dispossessed because not all the angels were dispossessed of their inheritance. It was a third that were cast out of that innumerable company. So there had to be some of the nations, if you will, left up there in Canaan land when the Jews came back up there because it's representing the souls of men and the angelic brethren all together in heavenly Jerusalem. That's where we are now, actually right now. That's Hebrews, the 12th chapter, just read in this pamphlet. That's exactly what Yahweh has accomplished. And only those who have been translated into that kingdom can see and understand that. And you have a scripture where Paul writes, the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. And that's why you have people who come here and say, oh, that's a bunch of junk. And then you have people that come here and says, wow, this is wonderful. Don't you understand what's happened to you if you're saying, wow, this is wonderful? He's revealed himself in your most holy place, in your heart and in your mind. And those are the things that he wants us to become conscious of and operate under in this age and dispensation. I hope you got something out of it. I, um, I'm, I have to cut this off right there, but thanks be to Yahshua. Thanks be to Yahshua that we are able to see and understand anything, brethren. And if you have understood it, please know this is because it is Yahshua Messiah himself who is manifested within you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Ham. I mean, excuse me, Brazil, for that beautiful testimony. And for our next speaker, it's an honor and a pleasure to call on from our Southfield class, the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Good afternoon, everyone. It is always a pleasure to be in the presence of this great teaching and vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley in the year of 1931. And I tremendously enjoyed the previous speaker. And what I especially loved about it was the simplicity of the connections of the two. And these are things that, as long as I've been in class, when I still hear those things, is they still excite me tremendously because in their simplicity, they just remove so much stress and strain and worry that we all endured in our religious affiliated lives that we had, see? Because we both knew, uh, most of us knew or understood at the time that we had failed miserably living up to that 10 commandment law that was given to the children of Israel. And as we use that <clears throat> as a measuring rod, we didn't understand. And it took us being in the presence of this vision. And Yahweh has always given visions to the sons 
that have come to know and understand him. They have not figured out all through history, right on back to Abraham. He did not figure out that Yahweh is who he should be worshiping on his own. Like the previous speaker made mention of, see, it's the Holy Spirit that guides you to righteousness. You can't seek your own way and find it. So if your desire in your heart and mind is to come to know something about Yahweh as he actually is and really exists, then that's the Holy Spirit in you turning you around. That's the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit combating the satanic spirit for you. Now, we know we didn't have the ability to do that. The more we tried to do good, the more we did wrong. And listen, I've been in this school a long time, but I still, I still have to rely and call on Yahshua to allow me to act right. Because see, that devil, that satanic spirit, see, he's always chirping in your ear, always. And I mean, with common things like this, that we, most of us won't admit to it, one another, that we're still dealing with these things. like. I can't stand that person. Where did that thought come from? And then you stop and think, you say, that person ain't never really did anything to me. I just don't like the way they talk so loud. Well, they're not talking to you, so what do you care? So those are the things that we are dealing with. And the previous speaker was going in in detail to say, when you are over, able to overcome those things, now you give credit where credit's due. So you don't run around here and say, I studied this, I studied that, and I've been in this class for so long, and, and I was able to recognize and understand and see stuff that's not possible for you to do that without Yahshua guiding you. So therefore, there's none of us, no one, see, that has ever sat in front of this vision that has the authority to say, look what I've done. I say this all the time. It's a gift from Yahweh, just allow you to sit in here and understand anything on the chart. This chart we have in front of us, we could, you, listen, you could study and talk about and explain things on this chart from here right on into eternity, and you will have only scratched the surface because this physical chart is talking about spiritual things. Yahweh is spirit. Yahweh is the all in all and that's all. So how are you going to exceed and get yourself above and beyond that? It's not possible. What will make you, I want you to feel like that is just simple this. It's a satanic spirit. Anytime you think Yahweh done more for you than he's done for some little person next to you that can't stay on the floor but five minutes, he has not. And it wasn't because of you. Yahweh is just using you for what he needs you to do in order to get his purpose crossed. It don't give you credit for nothing. That don't make you no brilliant genius. It doesn't make me no smart, intelligent person because I'm the dean. It doesn't make me righteous because I'm a dean. And it doesn't make you lost because you're not a good speaker. See, we're all in Yahweh's purpose and we've all been blessed with that to understand anything, to understand that Yahweh is spirit. You know the world can understand that. 
If they understood it, they wouldn't be fighting over that land in Jerusalem like the previous speaker just talked about. They can't see anything beyond the physical eye. Now, that was the same problem that the children of Israel had. See? And that's why they would say when Yahshua would tell them something, see, they would say, well, that's a hard, get me that scripture where it talks about where Yahshua tells them, unless the man eat my, drink of my blood and eat of my body. And they say, that's a hard saying. If you, when you, somebody find that for me. Now, here's why they said it was a hard saying. They couldn't think of nothing but physical, carnal. Now, that's the same way we walked in and sat down in front of this vision. We were carnal-minded, destined for hell, death in the grave. See, that's where you were going, whether you thought you was going there or not. I don't care how much you tithe. See, you were headed right to John 6 and 53, somebody put up. So let me know when you get that. So you ready? Yes, go ahead. Okay, that's John 6 and 53. Excuse me, I'm congested. Then Yahshua said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Right, see that? So read that again. Read that last. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Right. Now see that? Now watch. Now there's a carnal-minded person. Well, if I eat his flesh, that's cannibalism. And if I drink blood, that's vampirism. Not only is that against society, it makes me sick to my stomach thinking about eating another man, a person. It makes me nauseated to think about drinking somebody's blood. So that's a hard saying. I, I don't know, I don't trust this guy. He's talking all wacky and stuff like that. But here's the problem, folks. See, that's what a carnal mind does. A carnal mind is that enmity with Yahweh. And get that scripture for me too, so you'll know it's in the book. See, the way I'm not just talking out that something I heard from somebody else, see? And if you get it, just call the scripture out. You don't have to read it. So somebody needs to get it, they can go look at it for themselves. See, because we're carnal-minded, we're thinking that we have to do something physically. Yahweh is spirit. And those things that Yahshua Messiah is selling to those uh, uh, people, those gathered, people that are gathered around here, those Hebrews, See, and listen to what he said, because, see, they came to test him. Them scribes and Pharisees, they, Romans 8 and 6, so write that down. You can read it later. So them scribes and Pharisees, they came to test Joshua, see, and they came throwing the physical kind of tabernacle law at him, that Ten Commandment law, which was strictly physical, and was designed to point out their inefficiencies in the flesh. They thought, and we thought, and we were taught, and it's still being taught to this day, that the Ten Commandment law is the law of righteousness for salvation's sake. Now, if you don't believe that, go ask your ex-minister. Hence, whence come the law for? What's the purpose of the law? 
Just ask them that. And we all thought that at one time or another, or some of us just didn't care. We just figured we were lost and on our way to hell, so what's the use? Might as well have a ball while you're here. See, look out for yourself, whatever the attitude was. But we all thought we could do something with that law, and we all failed miserably. And what that law did was just what it was meant to do. It did exactly what Yahweh intended for it to do. It condemned us because we knew it pointed out that we were falling short of all the things that we knew we should be trying to do. But was, Yahweh, through Yahshua, was using that as an example to show us that we were insufficient to please Yahweh and to afford ourselves eternal life through obedience. It just was not in us. Now, Yahweh knew and understood that. And you would say that sometimes Yahweh's looking at us like children. And sometimes, you know, you see your children, your kids, or your grandkids, they run around, they play them, they doing something they know they ain't got no business. And you say, I should, I've got to stop them from doing that. They don't know what happened. They're going to they're gonna knock that plant over and it's going to make a big mess. But sometimes you say, now I done told them to stay away from that plant 10 times. Now I'm just going to let them see what happens. And sure enough, guess what happens? When that plant falls and hits the deck, First of all, it scares the mess out of them. And the second of all, they come running to you for consultation, consolation, see, for you to console them, see, and they're scared and then they come for you to pet them. Well, that's the same thing Yahweh does. You know, that's why it's like that with kids. That's why you as a parent, some back, sometimes you just have to stand back and watch them kids learn a lesson. Because... Like my, my, my dad used to always tell us. He said, now I can show you better than I can tell you. See, now Yahweh did the same thing with us. And here we think that we have the ability, see, to solve things for ourselves. I can figure that out. Don't worry about it. I got it. I know what I'm going to do. I already got a plan in place. Like I already got a plan. And then when it fails, then what we do, we run around, we say, oh, Yahweh, please help me. Please, I'm so desperate now. Why don't you ask Yahshua first? That's something that I had to learn. Don't go to Yahshua after the what you think is the end of everything, that everything, you not lost everything. Go to Yahshua before you make a move and save yourself a lot of grief. A lot of anguish, a lot of, I hope it works out like that. I hope it works out like I planned. That's what parents are for. Then used to do, when you got in trouble, where's the first place you went? Mom, dad, I have to tell you something. But then when you got older, then you stopped having to tell mom and dad something. Why? Because the one thing you gained from it is you would come and ask us stuff first. Hey, what do you think about me doing so-and-so? Oh, well, yeah, go ahead on and do that. That sounds like a good idea. Or, or I don't know, I'd consider this or consider that. That's the way we have to be with Yahweh. We are always his children. You will never get so old or so intellectually sufficient 
or like Dr. Kimmich says, nobody's got an overabundance of mental capacity that they don't need Joshua to guide them or they can't have a conversation with Joshua and ask him to lead them. That's probably the smartest conversation you ever have in your life is when you talk to your father, Yahweh, and allow Joshua to guide you. He'll keep you out of more stuff and he even keep you out of stuff that you wanted that was the last thing you needed. But anyhow, so I'm just wanted to encourage everyone on that. Uh, there's hope in this gospel. Don't ever think you're in a situation out there that's so bad and so desperate that Yahshua doesn't know what you're going through. And oftentimes, Yahshua in his mercy will send you through things to make you stronger. See, to make you be able to stand up to that satanic spirit. And the way you stand up to that satanic spirit is you trust in Yahshua and you go to him before that satanic spirit has a chance to beat you up. Now, you ain't no match for him. So in that sense, you're trying to say, let's go for a couple rounds, devil. So I can show you, I can show you what I learned in this institute. Let's go a couple rounds. See, what I'm trying to teach myself to do from now on is when that satanic spirit raises his head up, I say, oh, Hold on a second. Let me get my boy here. Yahshua, he's here again. It'll work every time. Because Yahweh is going to show up. And Yahshua is not going to lose. It is not possible for him to lose. So it's a win-win, as they say. The odds are a thousand to one that you're going to win. I should say a thousand to none <laughs> that you're actually going to win. Now, I wanted to, since I have an opportunity, I'm not going to be much longer, but I wanted to talk about, I want you to go to Romans. And when we had our last in-person class, I had started to go into um, the scripture in Romans seventh chapter. Um about what Paul's talking about. And what Paul is doing is educating those people. And he's doing the same thing that we've learned through what Dr. Kinley delivered to us. See, we've learned to do the same thing that Paul was doing here. Paul was showing the people the difference. See, and what Paul was trying to relate to these people, that the physical law that was given to them really pointed up to the spiritual law, see? And so he's using that as an antidote, see, or as an example, the physical marriage he's talking about, he's using that as an example to the true marriage, which is a marriage in the spirit, and you only have one husband, see? But that one husband has many brides. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. That's okay. That's, keep going. Okay. So does someone have that scripture for me? Just start reading it. That's I'm going right. to try not to be long. I'm going to go real quick through it so someone else have an opportunity. You want the first verse? Yes, start at one. Okay, Romans 7 and 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Now you have to know, now this is how you know. 
you say, well, who's Paul? Who's Paul? I've heard people ask this, and one time I even thought it. Who's Paul talking to? He, you think he's talking to the Romans, to Caesar and them. No, he's talking to them that know the law. So he's talking to the Jews. Read. Sorry, second verse. Sorry, um, let me start over. Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law have dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. Right. Now, see, now the law has dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Liveth what? Liveth in the flesh. See? Now, we're alive in the spirit. See, we're not worried about the flesh anymore. Read. But if the husband be dead and she is loose from the law of her husband. Now watch. And that's simple. Now that's a law that's still in effect here in most countries. It's still in effect in the Roman Catholic Church, the Mormon Church. You cannot get a divorce and not belong to those churches. Once you're married, you're married for life unless your husband dies. You understand? So now here's Paul telling them that's what the law is. Now, I know and understand, we know that law that Yahweh gave them children of Israel, see, a law of divorcement. Now, they asked Yahshua about that. Mm. And Yahshua told him, said, well, Yahweh gave you that law of divorcement because of the hardness of your heart. Mm. See, not because he approved of it. Yahweh never intended for you to be separated from your husband. We're the bride. Yahshua is the husband now. Now, we didn't know that. We thought we was here to do our thing. You're here to honor and obey your husband, who is Yahshua the Messiah, and to do just like you try to do in your natural life with your spouse. Make them look good by your actions. You don't want anybody to come to and say, man, that wife of yours is something else. That husband of yours, he's something else. He's wow. You don't want to hear that. You want to hear him say, oh, your husband is so nice. Oh, your wife is so considerate and thoughtful. And that's what we want people to think about when we talk about our husband, Yahshua the Messiah. That's why we don't want to talk to him like it was brought up. We don't want to talk to him using foul language. We don't want to talk to him using a bad attitude. We don't want to talk about Yahshua downplaying him and resurrecting ourselves and being so smart and so learned. See, we don't want to do, do that. That's the kind of stuff that we're up against that we have to watch now. Now that we've come to understand that the physical carnal law is out, we, now we have to understand and recognize what law is in. That's the law of the spirit. And that's Yahshua in you. So whenever we're out of order or we're out of that context, see, then that's our carnal mind that's at war with that inner man. And that's when it's most important that we ask Yahshua to intercede, see, to interject. See, or what's that show they used to have on there where they, you had to intercede on somebody's half? See, but the only person that can intercede and resurrect you and straighten you out is Yahshua the Messiah. That's the only one that has the ability to do that. And you have a direct line to him in your heart and your mind. You don't have to come and ask somebody else about how do I find Yahshua. Just sit down and be calm for a minute. Go ahead and read where you're at. Mm -hmm. 
So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. Now watch. Now see that. Now why my husband still liveth? Now what this is about is talking about Yahshua the Messiah. See, that's your true husband, like I said before. So now, as long as Yahshua the Messiah is wild, walking around in the flesh, see, then we are married to him. So we are obligated to operate so that he leads us. He is the head of our assembly, our marriage. That's why the man is put in a position where it appears like he is the head of the household. Don't you all, haven't you always heard that? I remember when I was a kid that when people would come to the house for business purposes, like the insurance man and stuff like that, he wouldn't talk to my mother. He wouldn't say, where's your husband? You know what he used to say? Uh, is the head of the household here? <laughs> that meant he wanted to talk to the, the husband. Now that's what that is, is that's an example of what Yahshua played in our life or played in those children of Israel's lives when he was walking around in the flesh. That was the head of the household right there. And the children of Israel run around. They didn't understand that they were married to him, just like that marriage took place around Mount Sinai. See, when Yahweh spoke that law down and they said, all that Yahweh said, we will do. That was I do. You are married to Yahweh. See? So now when it comes down to Yahshua Messiah comes, see? And he's talking to him and they're saying, what's he talking about? Read, read where Paul's at. Now Paul comes along. This is after the Messiah's death. Now the children of Israel are still going around trying to uh, keep that physical carnal law. So they're still thinking in their mind, See, Yahshua came and gone. They don't understand that they're now a widow, that their husband has taken off the flesh, and now he has gone. So that law you were under that was where they were given, that law of not being able to have a divorce is out of the way. It's gone. It's dead. It was buried with Yahshua the Messiah. And I want you to quote that scripture where it talks about it being buried with him that we were buried with him. See, but read, go ahead and read where you're at. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law. Now, if the husband is dead, she's free from that law. Mm -hmm. The 10 commandment law is out. Joshua the Messiah moved it out of the way. It's a spiritual reality of what's going on physically, read. So, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now, she's not an adulteress now, but now she's married to another man. Who, what man is she married to now? She done lost her physical husband. Now she's married to Yahshua Messiah in the spirit. So Yahshua has taken off that physical body and has poured out his spirit. So now you're married again to another man. What man is that? Yahshua the Messiah in that pure spirit state or the Holy Spirit, that's who you're married to now. Right. And that's the righteousness of a man and the righteousness of a bride is the husband. Your husband is Yahshua the Messiah or the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your mind. And that's what I say with that, you cannot lose. It's impossible for you to slip back where you came from unless you've never left there. 
in your heart and your mind. I know that's a serious thing to say, but there's so many of us that have to start. We need to juggle that around. We need to start looking deep at that and compare that with our conduct and the things that we say and what we think about ourselves. Don't you ever forget you're at the mercy of Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. That's your only hope. And that's all I want to say. I want to give somebody else a chance. And if anybody got anything out of it, all praises goes to your husband, Yasser Masai, or the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Lewis, for that beautiful testimony. And for our next speaker, it is an honor and a pleasure to also call on from our Southfield class, Dr. Shirley Nelson. Dr. Nelson. Good afternoon, class. I, um, I thoroughly enjoy the previous speakers and the things that they had to say. That is uh, so beautiful. I'm gonna pick up right where that last, the previous speaker called on Colossians 2. Go in there and pick that up around the 10th verse. And we'll just uh, go ahead and just finish that, um, that thought process, kind of, sort of. Colossians 2 and 10. Colossians 2. Get it? Go ahead, Felicia. Okay. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now this, now once you pick it up at nine, first of all. Okay. Okay. Uh, ninth verse, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the supernal nature bodily. Now it's talking about Yahshua Messiah, the in him. And these are the things that's been, this has been resonating in my mind. What Yash Messiah came in to do, the world does not understand. They don't understand where we're at in time, where we're at in time. They don't understand what the Messiah's mission was. They don't understand why he had to come in and die on the cross. See, most of us did not understand that before being introduced to this teaching. We understood it basically, if we understood it, it was a surface understanding, but we didn't know the meat of the matter, that the Messiah came in to do exactly what he did, because it was through by that death, burial, and his resurrection and outpour of the spirit, that that was what, as the previous speaker, first speaker talked about, was what you receiving it was what placed you in the kingdom. So the Messiah has a mission to do. He came in to do that particular mission and he did it completely. And this is what Paul is saying on it here. He's saying that in him, talking about the Messiah himself, dwelleth all the fullness of the supernal nature in bodily form. See, all that there was of Yahweh, see, he just stepped on, came right on out of pure spirit, as we know through by this divine vision and revelation, given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, Yahweh came right out of that pure, lofty state of spirit itself, immaculate, without any, any, anything that was of any, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, he came right on out of that spirit. We know that Yahweh is spirit, see, but it, he took on through the, through the, uh, act of transmutation, see that power that was right within him, 
took on a shape and a form, so super incorporeal shape and form as Yahweh Elohim, and then stepped on down, even went further from that and came on down into the flesh as Yahshua Messiah. So that's why the scripture has got to say, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of that supernal nature. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, these three are one. And then it goes on, finish reading the 10th verse, please. Mm -hmm. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Mm -hmm. and, and whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. So the Messiah comes in. And Paul is saying over here, you are complete in him. In other words, what he did, all the Messiah is and was walking in the flesh. See, when we receive of his spirit, we are complete in him. All that he did was for you. When he took the Lord's Supper, see, that was him taking that for you to move it on out of the way. I need you to get me the chart over here where it's showing, um, you know which chart I want. Uh, the current ordinance, I think it is, chart there. See, yeah, the Messiah. See, the Dr. Kenley had these charts drawn up, talking about that Old Testament being fulfilled. Messiah came in fulfilling circumcision. The only way he could fulfill it was to have it done. See, to do it, and when he did it, when he was circumcised, that completed it. See, he, he fulfills ceremonies. See, these carnal ordinances, you see? He fulfilled water baptism. You see that? The Passover, which we call the Lord's Supper. The sacrifices, all the different animal sacrifices and so forth. All of that was fulfilled in the Messiah. The Ten Commandment Law, as the previous speaker went on to say. See, many still trying to live under that carnal, physical Ten Commandment Law. Not knowing that the Messiah fulfilled that. When we were trying to live under it, we were working it. We were trying to do it. And many of us felt miserably. We know that. The Messiah was the only one that could do it and could fulfill it. Dr. Kenley had the vision and Yahweh instructed him how to draw out these charts. And he instructed many to draw them out according to his vision, according to his understanding, according to that revelation. And so Yahshua Messiah, so he had drawn out here, the Old Testament is fulfilled. That's written over there in Matthews 5 and 17, talks about the fulfillment. You got three, and I, I want you to get, go ahead and get that too. Matthew 3 and, 3 and 13, Matthew 5 and 17, and then pick it up also in Matthew uh, 5, I think it is, and 44, I think it is. You know the scriptures I'm talking about. See, where the Messiah himself said he came in to fulfill, he came in to do a particular thing. He had written up here carnal ordinances. And we looked right up there it was years I said in this school and never saw it until somebody brought it out from the floor. So right in the midst of carnal ordinances, you see L-O-R-D, Lord. See, talking about that's the L from carnal and then O-R-D, the first three letters of ordinances. And see, now that's just showing how that fleshly, all of that was under that Old Testament was pointing to that physical, the physical, the physical carnal ordinances, see, that the Messiah came in to fulfill. And now we know that fulfill means to complete, to bring to a design end or conclusion, or conclusion, to finish. See, and we say those things, we read those things as we did when we were in other Christian, uh, in Christian affiliations, 
We looked at it, but we didn't understand it. Yahshua didn't give you a revelation when he said fulfill means to end. We still thought we had to do it. No, when the Messiah did it, it ended it. That, that word above his cross on this chart does not mean the end of his life. And many of us have thought that. It means that he fulfilled or completed everything that he had to come in and fulfill. All that carnal, physical way of worshiping that he caused to be set up in the beginning. He set it up, then he came in to shut it up or to fulfill it. It's a complete story, but you don't know what's going on in the end until you know what's happened there in the beginning. So once again, he comes in and Dr. Kenley had written over here, nailed to the cross. What's nailed to the cross? All of those cardinal ordinances was nailed to his cross. Then when you look on the other side, see, of that cross, you see the New Testament, which is written in the heart and mind. Now look, it's still some circumcision that has to be done, but not from the flesh. Now you have moved into a spiritual world. Why, why, why? Because the Messiah, when he resurrected, which he did, he didn't just die and bury, he resurrected. And when he did that, he resurrected a quickening spirit. Can you get that for me? I want you to read over there where he talks about the Messiah being a quickening spirit. See, but that's how he resurrected. Do you understand? See, so therefore now, See, those carnal things that was nailed to his cross, now they are spiritual. So when you go ahead, I want you to get that scripture for me. I don't know, I know I have two that's holding, but go ahead and finish reading over here in Colossians first before, before we move on. And I'm gonna slow down. Sometimes I get excited about this gospel. The words of the previous speakers were beautiful. And as one of the speakers said, if you understand anything about what you hear, that is Yahshua himself that's allowing you to understand that. You have to know where you are at this time. You have to know who you are. And if at any point in time you feel like I need to know more, I need to be made fit, this is the time. We don't have a lot of time, people. This is the time to know for surety what's dwelling in you. And if he's dwelling in us, then we must act. We must be conformed. And that's what the scripture, I think it was the scripture reading, I believe. I don't know if it was or not. <laughs> now I can't remember because I've been reading. I've been looking. And I want you to also go over there, Romans the eighth chapter. That's where I know that that's at. But at any rate, finish reading this. And just, I'll just try to slow down here a little bit. Um, I'll start over. Colossians 2 and 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Yahshua. Now you see that? See, you're also circumcised, made with the circumcision made without hands. What are you talking about? All of that carnality all of those opinions, all of our concept about, see, the Messiah, about Yahweh, our creator of heaven and earth, all of the stuff that we had in our concepts, our consciousness, our hearts, 
our minds, as the previous speaker talked about, we're not just talking about the physical heart, see the physical mind, but your own makeup concept, ideal ideologies, see all of that stuff that made us up, you know what I'm saying? My personality, this and this and that and the other. See, all of it has to be cut away what we thought we knew, cut away. And see, when you look at circumcision from a physical standpoint, that's the cutting away of the foreskin. You know, the word for means front of. So that's, or the head, the four, the, four, the begin, the front of the face, if you are the front of the head, if you will. See, or the forehead of the male penis, see. That's the cutting away of that was the circumcision. So now you, the head of that. So you have to be, that head or your consciousness has to be cut away all of those concepts, all of those opinions. So there is a circumcision, see, but it's made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the Messiah, by the circumcision of the Messiah. He had to do it in order for it to be done completely because you're completing him. So now you don't got to do it no more for the purpose of you're uh, doing something to remove sins from you. You see what I'm saying? Like the church world, you know, when they take their children to do that, that's for baptism and all kinds of religious reasons. You don't, don't have to do it like that no more. So you can't do anything anyway from a physical standpoint that were to worship and to honor and obey and glorify Yahweh. That has to be all taken place, see, in you. You see what I'm saying? In your heart and in your mind. See, but go ahead, finish reading. 12 verse. Mm -hmm. 12 verse. Buried, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of Yahweh, who has raised him from the dead. Look, buried with him in baptism. People didn't know what he was doing. We went out there baptizing in John's baptism. See, but he had, he, that was, they had to be baptized. Yahshua Messiah ordained that. See, that they had to be water baptism. See, because that water baptism was only pointing, showing forth that being immersed or being washed even by the Messiah. See, he had to be, you had to be baptized in him, see, in order to resurrect, see, in him. So now for he's buried in, we're buried in him in baptism. So when he was water baptism, that end water baptism, when he was water baptized, see. Now, because after that water baptism, see, is going to come that resurrection. So he says, so that you also are risen with him through faith. If you believe the Messiah came in, died, buried, and resurrected, that's why it's so important for us to preach this gospel the way it was laid out. And the gospel of the kingdom is the death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah according to the scriptures. That is your gospel of the kingdom that we preach how he died how he buried, how he resurrected, according to the scriptures. Because you got to see that Messiah is walking down through the ages and all of those references of being, you know, sacrificial lambs and so forth and so on. All of those references of the death, burial, resurrection, all of that is pointing up and meeting its conclusion in him. Because that's where the Messiah, we talk, we talk about all the different stories. You know, the men that were put into prison, see, it was likened unto a death, see, they were buried in that, see. And then they, Yahshua, resurrected them out. So we got multiplicity of examples of how Yahshua walking down through the ages is manifested in the law and in the prophets. You see what I'm saying? What he did is manifested that way. So he comes in and then he dies the, or he's crucified and then he's buried. And then he does 
indeed resurrect the third day according as it was prophesied in the scriptures. So that's how we're raised with him in that, if you believe it. But now if you don't believe it, See, if you're still out here trying to work unto your salvation, see, you are yet in your sins. If you don't believe he removed that from you, you're still yet in it. That's why it's important to know what he did, how he did it, how was it accomplished, so that you can know where you stand. See, because you have to understand if he moved it out of, out of the way, then there's no more of that in you. Do you understand? It says he died for your sin. So then why are we still doing something to get rid of sin? Because we haven't accepted and received him as that one who died for your sins. So until we do that, then you can sit back and rest and relax and take it easy. I'm talking about in Yahshua. You ain't doing it in this world, but in Yahshua, it's him that lets you do that because you know he's running the show. As the previous speaker says, so you just call on him. See, that's what we learn in here. And until it takes on a real serious shape and form in us, we're still struggling. We're still fighting it. But see, we want to rest in the Messiah, knowing he's done it all. Go ahead, finish reading. Okay, 13th verse. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, Blotting, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now stop right there. Now once again, on the 13th verse, saying you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened? What does quicken mean? Made alive. See, it's where he resurrected a quickening spirit together with him, made alive or quickened together with him, having forgiven you all transgressions. Why? Because he fulfilled all of that in believing him. See, he blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, all those cardinal ordinances that was against us and nailed it to his cross. Go ahead, finish reading at the 15th verse. The 15th verse. Sorry, I was on mute. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing Triumphy. over them in it. That's right, read. Mm -hmm. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath day. See, we're not dealing with that no more. Oh, you can't do this on this day. You can't do that on the, let us celebrate this. Let us, don't let nobody judge you according to that. You see what I'm saying? It's nothing to that. No, the new moons, the Sabbath days. See, all, all we understand is in the Messiah. We're not doing that meat and drink from a physical standpoint anymore, but we are eating and drinking in him. As it talks about over in Revelation, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man shall open, I will, whose eyes? See, we're talking about Yahweh himself through Yahshua Messiah. will come in and sup with you. In other words, I'm feeding, eating, I'm with you. See, supping with you. That's how this thing is not from a physical standpoint. You see what I'm saying? Is there the last one says, which are a shadow of things to come. See, all that physical stuff was a shadow of things to come. But the body is of the Messiah. See, and that's in reality. We're talking about a spiritual body in a spiritual age. 
go over there and get me. Uh, I did have a couple of scriptures and I don't want to just leave them hanging. Just go ahead and get me the scripture. I just want to, uh, for if, if anyone just have need to have, be reminded that the Messiah came in to be for, to uh, fulfill all things that was written. And if you can get those three scriptures I asked for, because I, you know, go ahead and get them. Uh, That's Matthew, Matthew 3. Go ahead, go ahead. That's Matthew and 13. 3 and 13. Mm -hmm. Then cometh Yahshua from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Yahshua answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. You see that? Messiah went out there just getting baptized, people. I was listening, watching program on TV, and they were showing all these different people being baptized in the, the lake and the big pool and all this stuff. And I was thinking how people, how are many, many, that's, that's they're still doing it. See, they're still out there thinking that water can wash away sin. See, that's not what that's about. Messiah came in to be baptized, and he says, for thus it becometh us to fulfill. Again, fulfill means to end. See, it becometh us to end. See, it becometh us to finish. You see what I'm saying? To end this complete baptism. That's why he's out there doing it. See, but we didn't understand that in our other affiliations until Yahshua had mercy and showed it to us more perfect, perfectly. Go ahead and get me the other scripture. That's Matthew 5 and 17. Mm -hmm. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Mm -hmm. You see that? Mm -hmm. Now, when he was there with John at the baptism in Matthew 3 and 13, that was the beginning of his ministry. He's out, he's starting his ministry. Yeah, this is right at the beginning of the three and a half years that he preached before he was crucified. Over here in Matthews 5 and 17, this is during his ministry. He's talking to the multitude. He said, think not that I've come to destroy the law and the prophets. See, I didn't come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. Read. Uh -huh. Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So he's walking through the ages. Can you see that? He just walked on down. See, he's fulfilling everything as the book that was written about him. He's fulfilling that. He's completing it. He's ending it. And we didn't go into detail on in the baptism and the various other things that he did. See, but I just want to bring these points out in case we might have forgotten. See, what the Messiah did. And then we go back and we research it and you study it and you come and you listen to class, see, and you be there every chance and every opportunity because that's Joshua's grace to you. That's his blessing that he let us know, let us understand. You see what I'm saying? I want you to go over there and get Romans, the eighth chapter and hold that. But I want the scripture in Luke first. Which one? Luke 24 and 44. Oh, okay. And he said unto, I'll start at, um, let me go back up to 24 and 25 first. Mm -mm. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe 
all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 44th verse. <clears throat> and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Concerning him, not us, but the Messiah. So once again, Messiah is at the beginning of his ministry at Matthew 3 and 13, being baptized by John the Baptist. Joshua Messiah is now during his ministry, still preaching the same thing because at, at the baptism there, he said it has to be fulfilled. Matthew 5 and 17, he says it's got to be fulfilled. You see what I'm saying? That's at John's baptism. See, suffer it to be so. You see what I'm saying? I mean, that's in the, up, up there at the baptism. And then Matthew 5 and 17, he's talking to the multitude. See, I must fulfill these things. Now, after this point, he's, he's crucified. He's buried. He resurrects, comes back, and speaks to them. And this is what Luke recorded in Luke 24 and 44. These are the words I spoke with you. I spake with you while I was yet with you in the flesh, that all things must be fulfilled. I'm still saying, sticking to the same story, and I'm saying I, I had to come in to do this. All things must be fulfilled that's written of me in the law of Moses and the prophets and then in the Psalms. You see what I'm saying? So Messiah, he was not confused with what he was doing. Mm -hmm. We were the ones that were confused. But to be able to understand what he did is awesome. So I now want you to go over there and get for me Matthews, the sixth chapter, 33. And I think I had another scripture, but I can't remember what it is. So we'll just go Romans 8. Romans 8. Okay, I need you to go over there and get Romans 8, if you will. That's Romans 8 and 1. Mm -hmm. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Yahshua the Messiah, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Mm -hmm. For the law of the spirit of life in Yahshua the Messiah has made me free from the law of sin and death. You see the same, like I mentioned, we are now under a spiritual law. See, on this side of the cross, as you see on the chart, the New Testament, that's that New Testament that's written in our hearts, in our mind. And as the previous speaker said, so we're, we're, not, we're not just talking about this, this physical, we're talking about the spirituality of the man. See, written in your mind, written in this old heart, this physical heart is going to go away. But we're talking spiritually in your, in your spiritual heart. That's where he's written it at. See, that's where you can keep it. See, when it was in the flesh, you were working it. But now when it's in you, that's the only way that you can keep. See, the spiritual law is Joshua in you keeping it. And then, and, then on, and then Dr. Kenley so beautifully drew out here this heart. And in this heart on this side of the cross is saying the kingdom of Joshua, spiritual sacrifice. See, everything's spiritual. Law of the spirit. See, we're not under the law of the flesh, of carnal ordinances and you know, all that stuff. But it's a spiritual law. You say, well, I don't have to do none of these things no more. Well, you have to do them from a spiritual standpoint. You understand? You must be baptized spiritually. In other words, washed by the word. See, unadated in Yahshua and Messiah. That's spiritually. He's got to cleanse you up. You see what I'm saying? You know, you got to have the carnal ordinances, the carnal thoughts and process cut away in his own spiritual circumcision. 
Do you understand? The Lord's Supper that you are going to be taking, not the physical grape juice and so forth, but eating of him spiritually so. See, and it talks about throughout the scriptures, it's talking about that, but we did not understand it. But he's saying down here, go, go and finish reading in Romans the 8th of the second mm -hmm. chapter. Mm -hmm. Second verse. Second the verse. The law of the spirit of life and Yahshua the Messiah has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now that's what he called that physical law. He called it the law of sin and death. And I remember back in the day, someone brought out and see that said that was LSD. You see what I'm saying? And remember LSD was an hallucinatory drug. You see, and back in the 60s, I think, I think it was 60, 70, whatever. And that was really one thing. Everybody was doing, doing LSD. You see what I'm saying? Well, it is a hallucinatory drug, if you will. In other words, keeping you bound. You understand? See, a slave to it. See, and that's how we were in this, when we were out there in our church affiliations, working, trying to work out our salvation by doing these physical works. See, it just, it never did work. Messiah had to come in and to complete that. But now that he's placed that law of the spirit in you, see, you understand? Now you can do, see, only if Yahshua Messiah allows you to do. I want you to go over there and uh, go down to the sixth verse of that chapter, if you will. Romans 8 and or, 6. Actually, where I wanted it was where he talked about, uh, you're in the eighth chapter, is where he talked about who he did for no. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. okay. But you can go ahead and read it six, and since we were on this topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Romans 8 and 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against Yahweh. Now that word enmity means against. Mm -hmm. See, that carnal mind is against Yahweh. For it is not subject to the law of Yahweh, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please Yahweh. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of Yahweh dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Yahshua, he is none of his. Now, look, so then they are, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please Yahweh. See, you can't please Yahweh doing anything in the flesh. Only thing the Messiah is pleased with is his son. Do you understand? That's the only thing he's pleased with. Man, that's, why the, get your dog. that's why the son has to be in you. He ain't pleased with your good thoughts that you think you have. He's not playing, pleased with, oh, I do this, I do that, look at me. He's not pleased with that. He's pleased with the son. That's what he's looking for in you. Now go down to where I was asked for what he talks about. Okay, that's 8 and 29. Okay. For whom he did foreknow, mm -hmm. he also did predestinate mm -hmm. to be conformed to the image of his son, mm -hmm. that he might be the firstborn am among many brethren. Mm. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now you see how beautiful that is? Paul is saying so much, take the time. I know I will, we'll take the time, go back and read it all again because I've read it, haven't really read that chapter in a little while. But see, Yahshua had already had this whole thing fixed. He said, whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated. Mm -hmm. 
You see what I'm saying? To be conformed. So we have to be conformed in the Messiah. To be conformed in the Messiah, that's him taking on in you. That's him pouring out his spirit in you. It's like we, we used to use the word a lot of times about assimilation. When you eat food and when you eat food, you know, it is, it's assimilated in the body. The amino acids, the simple fats and sugar, that's assimilated into your body, into your bloodstream. And that's what gives you muscle and gives you your strength and all that kind of stuff. The food just doesn't go in you and go completely out without doing anything. You see what I'm saying? Before it exits your body, all that's needed for you to sustain and to have strength and build strong bones and body and, and, and everything else. See, all of that is extracted from that food. Like I said, what's necessary, the protein is extracted. And that becomes a part of you. See, it doesn't go off, to, it becomes you. That's like being conformed. Messiah, that's an example of something of the Messiah. When he takes on a shape and form in us, now he is, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Now he, you are conformed to the image of his dear son. Do you understand? We have to understand that he has to take on that in us. And as the previous speaker said, see, then we're no longer trying to, uh, trying to, it's no longer about us. In other words, we're just, you know, it's all, we want to know the Messiah and we want him manifested in us. Now we're not working. I said, should I do this or should I do that? Should I come to class or should I study or should I whatever? Should I seek Yahweh? And I want that scripture too. I have that, I was wanting to call that. It was on my mind, Matthew 6 and 33. See, you want to seek Yahweh. Yahshua in you allows you to do that. We don't do that even on our own. See, he allows us to seek him. Whom he did for no, he also predestined. He purposed from the very foundation of the world who was going to hear his gospel. If you hear it and understand it, that's him in you allowing you to hear it and understand it. Therefore, don't frustrate that Holy Spirit in you. Hear the voice of Yahweh. Listen to what he's talking to you. Right. Don't be always against it. Look, when he gives us of his spirit, he gives it of us. He gives it to right. you. So don't frustrate that spirit in you. No, I can't do this. I can't do that. See, the Messiah overcame everything. Read That's about right. it. So it's nothing you can't overcome in the Messiah. Or Yahshua, I don't know how to be. Teach me. That's what we got to ask. He's telling me that every day you make me fit. You see what I'm saying? That's how he conforms. When he conforms, see, he also predestinated those who are going to be conformed to the image that's why I say the Messiah is only pleased with the son. That's what he's looking for. When he looks at you, he don't want to see you. You must be conformed to the son's image. He must see his son in you. This is a serious thing. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And this is the one I love. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Matthew 6 and 33. Matthew 6 and 33. Matthew 6. 
Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of Yahweh, and his righteousness in all these things shall be added unto you. You see that? Seek ye first the kingdom. Seek to have that kingdom in you, as the previous speaker talked about. When he poured out his spirit, that heart that we're looking at on this chart said the kingdom of Yahshua. See, you see what I'm saying? You want to be, that's where you're at through an understanding. So we want to always, even being in him, we want to always be, you know, seeking and recognizing that kingdom. You see what I'm saying? Of Yahshua Messiah. It's another scripture that talks about the kingdom is not meat and drink, but righteousness and so forth. You know where that's at? Fine. I don't know where it's at exactly. But I also want you to get over there, Colossians 1 and 13, if you will. That's Colossians 1 and 13. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? Then you pick it up a little bit yes. on that one. Okay. Um, let's start at, um, I'll start at 12. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. now I, I'm Dr. Hamilton. I have to sorry because, like I said, this is so pretty. I mean, mm -hmm. rehearing these scriptures, they're beautiful. Giving mm -hmm. thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet, and which is another word for fit. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's who's making us fit to be what? To be partakers of the inheritance of the sons and light. There you go. Read. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness. Where we all were at. Right. We were sold under sin from all the way from Adam. See, that was that power of darkness. It just came on down, walking down through the ages. Even on them who wasn't. See, all was accounted under sin. Even those that wasn't, you know, back there or after the similitude, as the book said, of Adam's transgression. transgression, It passed, that sin and death passed on us all. So we were all there, but he delivered us from the power of that darkness and did what? Uh -huh. And have, excuse me, and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. There you go. That's, in, and that's through an understanding, that's through receiving the spirit, the Holy Spirit. It, it, there's a scripture that says, what does it, well, how does it go? What does a man profit if he gains, gains the world, world, I think, mm -hmm. and lose, and lose his soul? Mm -hmm. You don't want that. If you, when you're transferred into that kingdom of Yahshua Messiah, you're in that kingdom, see, and it's peace, joy, and happiness, see, and righteousness in his kingdom. And he said, it's through that you are glorified. Do you understand? I may not have all these words saying them just right, but Yahshua has let me understand it in my heart that there is a difference made. And that's what you want to be looking for is that difference. Right. You want to know that where you're at is solid. You don't want to still be, don't be condemned at this time, this time of our lives, condemned because we're not doing or we're not found doing. And when I say found doing, I'm so, I'm talking about seeking Yahshua, glorifying Yahshua, honoring Yahshua in our hearts and in our minds, worshiping him. We, how many times have we heard, we don't go to a building to worship. We got to worship in our hearts and in our minds. 
We got to be asking of Yahshua at all times are everything that we desire, everything that we need. We have to ask him. He will allow you some peace and some rest in this life because it's a hard life. He will allow us peace and rest and comfort. And when those darts come at us, he will allow us to be able to ward them off. See, see that was Paul talking about the, that armor that he puts on us, a breastplate, helmet. See, he would allow you to fight it off. That's him and you that's doing that though. We are not doing it. He's doing it. He's making me understand that more and more. But he's delivered us from that power of darkness and translated us into his kingdom. Read. Mm -hmm. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son mm -hmm. and whom we and whom we have redemption through his blood Mm -hmm. even the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. There you go. And once he, you have redemption through his blood that he died on the cross and he took away that sin. So if we don't believe he did that, we're in our sin. So, but we have redemption in him. He has accomplished something. You see what I'm saying? And that's accomplished in you. You're complete in him. One last scripture and then I'm done. I want you to go over there and get me... Um, Hebrews, I think it's the 12th chapter, and it talks about a kingdom that can't be moved. See, I'm talking about some stability. See, uh, 12 and 28, I think it is, when I look, when I look at that. Hebrews 12 and 28. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, let, me, let me start, um, let me start at 24. Mm -hmm. And to Joshua, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse him not that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that speak, spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. I want you to start, I want you to go back, uh, Dr. Lewis, and just start over there uh, at the 22nd verse. 22nd verse, mm -hmm. but ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto mm -hmm. the city of a living Elohim. This is presently current. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is yet still being poured out. If you have the Holy Spirit, as a previous speaker talked about, that kingdom. She says, ye are come, but ye are coming to Mount Zion. This is where mm -hmm. we're at. Read, please. Mm -hmm. But ye are coming to Mount Zion, unto the sitting of the living Elohim, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. See, not the physical Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Those allegorical holy lands. See, not that that was brought out how they fight and still fighting over that. But this. See, is where you've come. The spiritual Jerusalem. Right. Read, please. Mm -hmm. To the general assembly and firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to Yahweh, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Yahshua, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Mm -hmm. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. 
For See that can... we refuse him not that speaking. That's right. Don't refuse him who's speaking to us. Listen to that small voice. Right. Joshua will not steer you wrong. Listen mm. when he tells you to do or not do. Listen and then be obedient mm. in you. Right. That's what he's wanting when he talks. You know, you listen to someone said it once before talking about white noise, I think. I don't know if they were talking about, I mean, the noises that are around us, everything's pulling at you. Sometimes you can't hear anything but the noise. You know, there's such a thing as ringing in the ear. And I never did know what that was. And it's like, it's noisy kind of like and it happens when you get older and stuff like that but I had started experiencing that they said it's very common and all that kind of stuff if you sit and concentrate on that ringing that's it it gets so loud mm -hmm. so that makes me think of all the stuff that's going on it can get so loud and then you don't hear that little quiet quiet voice the one that said trust in me have faith in me believe on me Listen, here, go to class, pick up a book. I'm telling you, that's, that's how I be here. Listen to that small voice. That's Joshua speaking. He don't have to speak right. a small voice. He speak right to your inside. That's See awesome. that you refuse not him that speaketh. Mm -hmm. Read, read. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. Mm -hmm. Now he hath promised, saying, yet once more I shake not earth only, but also heaven. Now the previous speaker told you allegorically, she says that this brain here, that's when you look at the pattern, you don't have to, you, you can if you want, but you know, we look, Dr. Kinley laid that out how that physical body, you know, this portion of your head cavity where your brain is at, see, that's likened to that most holy place. So he's saying whose voice then shook earth. Remember when Moses went up into the mountain, says the earth shook and quake. You see what I'm saying? They were fearful, fearfully afraid. You see what I'm saying? They said, don't let them speak to us no more, Moses. We know the story. You see that? That's so why they didn't want to hear that voice from heaven. They said, you speak to us, Moses. We don't want spirit because it was, you know, it was just too dynamic, too massive for them to hear. So he said, but not the voice that shook earth. But now he's promising, saying, yet once more, I shake not earth only, but also heaven. You see what I'm saying? Where he's talking about right up in here. This is where, see, you will hear him, recognize him. But if he's not there, in your heart and in your mind or your most holy place. See, you're all over the place. There is no foundation for you. You see that? You go ahead, finish reading. And this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. See, we're not talking about physical earth, the mountains is being shaken, see? He wants to remove all those obstacles in your heart and in your mind that can be shaken. So that the only thing that's remaining is Yahshua in you, the reality of that Holy Spirit. When he places you in that kingdom, that's what you have. 
that cannot be shaken. It mm -hmm. will remain. This is our foundation. I'm saying a lot of words to say that. This is what Yahshua is showing me. Surely this is your foundation. Right. No matter where else you think it's coming from, this is it. You want to do this? You want to do that? Seek Yahweh first. Right. This is your foundation. I'm sorry. This is your foundation. Go ahead, finish reading. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let it us cannot, break. I'm sorry, Dr. Lewis, but I'm just, let me, it cannot be moved. Right. It's a kingdom that cannot be moved. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you these words of your greed. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve Yahweh acceptably with reverence and holy fear. For our Elohim is a consuming fire. Now you see that? That's what it is. We want mm -hmm. to be able to ex look serve Yahweh acceptably. You don't know how to do that? Ask him. See, he wants you to ask. He wants you to glorify him. He wants you to honor and obey him. We don't honor and obey him watching our TV program, going out. We don't, I, you know, I'm not saying don't do those things, but seek the kingdom of Yahweh. Don't make it a part or just on the end of everything else that I got to do. That's what he tells me. Don't make the whole understanding of Yahshua, me seeking him, honoring, glorying, uh, uh, obeying him. Don't make that just on the end. I'll obey once I get finished doing my thing. Right. Look, this has got to be your thing. That's right. Then that's how then the other stuff that we got to deal in this life, then it comes into play. Mm -hmm. But this has got to be, you ever heard of prioritizing? <laughs> I'm telling you, really, right. serious. you can't hardly live your life unless you know how to do some prioritizing. Mm -hmm. Make Yahshua, seek him first. That's right. I am so happy to be able to have anything to say about this gospel. And I'm not trying to correct chastise or nothing, but I can only say what Yahshua places in my heart and in my mind. I know where I've been. I know where I've been. Right. And I asked Yahshua for the foundation for his strength. See, endurance every day. That he lets me have that strength, endurance. Because we're in a time now where that's the only thing we have is just the foundation of Yahshua Messiah. I hope somebody got something out of it. I'm sorry I didn't leave probably enough time for somebody else. But I just want to encourage the brother, stay in this gospel. Be sincere in this gospel. Don't frustrate the Holy Spirit that's in you. If you know that's where you have, then do be obedient to those things. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Ask him for all things. He will talk to you. He will talk to you people. We all have experiences. Do this. No, don't do that. Do that. Listen. He will not direct you wrong. I thank you for the opportunity to have anything to say. All praises to Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Nelson, for that beautiful testimony and admonishment. And for the last five minutes of class, we'll be calling on our very last speaker, 
It is an honor and a pleasure to call on Dr. Dewan Nelson. Dr. Nelson. Good afternoon, class. Um, Good afternoon. It's a plan. I'm full. I don't know about you guys, but ate well uh, this morning. And it's been, I'm so thankful to Yashua. I just want to say that. Thankful to Yashua. Um, <clears throat> because you don't have to go and we don't have to go sit in a box and confess to a man. Yashua is right within us, reading our hearts and our minds. And he knows exactly what it is that we need every single time. And uh, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to the, from the first speaker to the last speaker, you know, and we've, many people have gave this testimony and I'm pretty sure probably telling you guys that are logged in probably feel the same way, but I definitely feel like it was a lot of that stuff that was for me. And so I'm glad that my parent talks to me. I'm glad that my father loves me enough to say, I'm not, I don't, I see you. I feel I'm, I haven't, I have not forgot about you. This is what mm -hmm. I need you to do. And it's confirmation because like the previous speaker talks about hearing that small steel um, voice in the, <clears throat> in the midst of uh, everything that's going on, all the noise as she, as she referred to it, which is exactly, that's what it is. I uh, heard a, a statement before made uh, weapons of mass distraction um and so but then when you hear the vessels um that make up the body of the messiah that that are having these testimonies which is the holy spirit in them saying the exact same things giving the exact same admonishment it's just further confirmation he said in the mouth of two or three witnesses see you establish a thing where it's, it stands, see? And so the admonishment is definitely to one, first and foremost, recognize where you're at. I think that, that, that question of, do I have the Holy Spirit? I think every last one of us have probably had that question mm -hmm. times, if not, still have it. <clears throat> and that was made perfectly clear. And it's been said before. It's been said plenty and plenty of times before. The, uh, the first speaker talked about the uh, phenomenal, I think was the word that she used. It's not a small thing we say. We say that it's not a, uh, you know, we talk about the basic things, knowing Yahweh's name or whatever. And she used that word. It's a phenomenal thing for you to call on the name of Yahshua the Messiah. I sat and talked to people that were in this class, that grew up in this class, and can't even say that name, Yahshua the Messiah. You understand? You have friends, I have friends and family members that's near and dear to my heart, could never understand or muster a bit of what we have come to understand about Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And that's not something to beat your chest about or be proud, but count yourself lucky. I guess that's a lack of a better word. But the grace that Yahweh has given us by giving us an understanding, come in here and log on this stuff. There's a plethora of things to distract you. I know, trust me, 
you log on this, go on this hole, and you see, I mean, vacation spots and stuff. And listen, the, the, the devil, the, how you thinking like this? Well, it's Yahweh's creation. You know, you can see Yahweh's beautiful creation. And absolutely, it's cool to travel and all that kind of stuff that Yahweh permits. But what did he tell us to do? He told us to be regular in our attendance. That's right. As all the admonishments were happening today, anytime that it's class, that you can be here, I'm not talking about I don't have a job, but Yahweh knows all that. But anytime that there's class present and you can be in front of this gospel, be here. That's what That's this right. is the kind of stuff that she was, they were talking about. What did Yahweh tell us to do? I found myself in times past, still to this day, and I'm getting ready to end, of trying to make excuses to kind of fit this in my life or to, to kind of make, you know, say, as if Yahweh don't know the real truth. Who are you making an excuse for? So it just makes it easier for us, you know what I'm saying? And I think that this, uh, uh, I think this time that we have, and, and I'm done, is this time that Yahweh's given us is to really uh, hamper down, get all that we can get, and always remember Yahshua the Messiah first. And that's what we're here for. This is what we had. This is a time of grace. So all of that, i like to say thank you uh, for the opportunity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Nelson, for that beautiful testimony. We appreciate it. Once again, thank you to all of our participants, members, and visitors that came out and joined us for this morning's lecture. We hold classes on Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And on Sundays from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. This is all on Zoom. Okay. And once again, I'd like to thank all of our participants and visitors, excuse me, and we hope that you sincerely enjoyed the lecture. Directly after doxology, there will be a song, so please stay muted after the song has concluded. Then we can open up the Zoom for uh, discussion if that is what you would like to do. Once again, thank you, and we love all the brethren. Hallelujah. May we all stand in our heart and mind for doxology. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both before all time, now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah.